0: Welcome to the non-specific podcast, where we talk about stuff. As I next, hated that. I'm uh, I'm Jay
1: and I'm Maddie. I'm Tom. And
2: this is this, this is the saddest intro I'm Tom. Uh, we got a really, really fun episode ahead of you
0: ahead today. <laughs> we have interviewed the one, the only Kenneth Elzinski. Yep. Also known as Ken Cal.
1: Also T- known as DJ KK, also known as
0: Doug Deep.
1: <laughs> deep worry, all of these the references
0: block. will make sense in about 20 minutes to y'all. But before then, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Trevor Zegris, the zebra, is on the NHL 23 cover.
1: I don't know if y'all noticed, but both Jake and I have tweeted about it. Actually, Jake, you have been really like balls deep in this discourse for some yeah, reason. So actually, I don't know why, but it
0: It's so weird. There's like this this beef between Wings fans and Zegras. Yeah. I think it's because of the Calder race.
1: It is. It is. And I, I think
0: it's I know like the NHL posted that one really cool Zegras goal like a billion times and people were getting really tired. <laughs> which of one? It. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I guess here to get it out of the way, I'll do both sides of the opinion so that I can. Oh, then, that's weird. then, you know, you can you can decide which opinion of mine you want to take as fact. <laughs> Basically, just pick the one you agree with. All right, here we go. That's what I do. Who cares it's it's a video game cover it doesn't matter trevor Mm -hmm. zegris is very marketable and he's a very popular face with casual fans and it's a video game and it doesn't really matter all right here's take two it's a bunch of bullshit fucking nfl promoting or nhl promoting the same mid player over and over and over we're sick of seeing zegris He's good, but he's not like great. You yeah, know, he's
1: overrated, he's, but he's not he, made.
0: He's never won anything in his, you know. Two he's a baby. Career. He looks like a yeah. Fred star. Why not put like a Kale McCarr type on there or mm. somebody who's like legit, one mm. of the best players? I,
1: Why do not they just put the Calder winner? Just cut oh, out yeah. the middleman.
0: You can put the Calder winner on there. Uh, he's oh, pretty. Besides that,
2: though, Sarah Nurse of the Canadian yeah. women's hockey team. I was so happy about that. that. Let's go. And okay. that was cool. So all love to Sarah. Yeah. She fucks. Okay. Did you guys see the like trailer though for the game? I did. Okay. Why yeah. did they have? Oh, I'm just wondering, you have a <laughs> woman in hockey has so many accolades for throughout her career. And her only purpose throughout the entire trailer is to stand there with a stick.
0: Oh, no, Are I you didn't see that trailer. That's yeah. really disappointing. I thought yeah. you were talking about the gameplay one where the, the no. puck goes through Joe's oh, quick. Listen, that one <laughs> was
2: best. That
1: being said, though, and this is sad that this is my take, but I this is my take. It is the first time that they have a woman at all. So
2: yeah, if, it is.
1: Maybe like, next year they'll have her like doing, you know, those guys that stand on the side of the road and like flip around the signs oh, yeah. like to promote something. Maybe next year she can be doing that. She's been a stick. stick. You know oh, what this what I'm is
0: saying. this is the equivalent of getting ten thousand dollars of student loans forgiven <laughs> um, it's it's a step in the right direction but right. it is it should not be the end goal
2: hey, like, don't get all of our 50 year old listeners oh very no angry.
1: all of our parents those are our 50 year old listeners oh, my, no my dad's
2: gonna be so mad when he
0: listens to this oh i know
1: <laughs> my dad um, will be like i don't understand and dad if you're listening i don't want to talk about it later but If anyone else's dad is listening,
0: Maddie's dad, if you're listening, come on the podcast and he wants to. Oh, I would love. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, let's plan. I'll I'll send him a text. Um,
0: around the league, do you guys remember Dmitry Buchelnikov, the prospect we picked we talked about on our first episode? Save him.
1: Let's save him. We need to rescue him.
0: (laughs) He is playing in the preseason in the KHL and he is crushing it. He I mean, the game I the highlights I watched, I saw two goals in the first game, and I think he got an assist, too. And then a power play goal in the second game. So dude already is like crushing it against grown men in the KHL. And I would put the KHL pretty comfortably as like the second best league in hockey.
1: Yeah. So what about the Swedish league? I mean,
0: the Swedish league is like a very close third. Then like the it's the Swedish league and like the AHL are like neck and neck for me. But anyway. He's been crushing it, and he has a lot in common with another second-round Russian that Steve Eiserman took in the second round when he was with Tampa Bay, a little guy by the name of Nikita Kucherov. Gucci. Mm. They've been compared quite a bit, and I think it's a little too early to tell. But if he pans out to a Kucherov level, and then you have your Victor Hedman in Mo Sider, and you have your Steven Stankos Dane, in, Dane. listen, listen.
1: I don't like this. You don't My like tummy... having good. Teams. I have a tummy ache now. Your no, hurts. I don't like.
2: parody. What do you <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tom, the voice of reason on yeah. this podcast.
2: Can we not parody? Hey, is... I don't even Jake. think
1: we're parodying. I
0: think hey, it's a good
2: thing. Hey, what? Hey, oh, no, like, it's a good thing that like we have <laughs> players that are <laughs> gaining. At... You guys don't like players gaming... that are good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that we have players that I hate them. All right. Let me go the up again. Well, wait, come on,
1: he's goaded. No, I was just gonna say, hey Jake, can you shut the fuck up? But
2: now <laughs> I'm happy that we have players that are getting compared to these guys. But like, can we also have our better? own identity of being the Red Wings, having Mo Sider, and it being Mo Sider, not thank you, Mo Sider, I mean, in comparison to Circuit Literally like, every
0: why? no, I wouldn't say Circuit I'd say Hedman. He's, but you he's, gives, no, yeah, I know I what don't you're Like that, like, but, but you get my point. But I mean, yeah, but by that same logic, a lot of teams use the 90s Red Wings or early 2000s Red Wings as the blueprint for their team they're like we need our Nick Lidstrom we need our Steve Iserman we need our Fedorov like what I'm saying is that the narrative if if Andrew is on here or somebody else who follows the narrative would be talking about how the narrative is super important and I think this is I a good don't care sign. about
1: the narrative.
0: I care about vibes personally I
1: care about vibes but not the narrative
0: this dog is really cute Maddie I know thank you yeah the Plomedy. Red Wings
1: the Red Wings admin will never acknowledge my existence. I don't know why, but today was National Dog Day and they posted and I posted Marty looking fly as hell in a little Red Wings bandana. And they didn't acknowledge him and they acknowledged like a hundred other people. It might not.
0: Really, it might it's be about because me. your name has Detrusy in it.
1: Are you <laughs> serious? <laughs>
0: it might actually be that. Maybe.
1: Come on. Chris
0: Illich might be seeing your stuff and going, I don't yeah. like this. I imagine he talks like a like Sith Lord. Like he,
1: yeah. Come <laughs> do you guys, on.
0: Do you guys see that some of the reverse retro what? designs leaked? Yes, oh, I did. Yeah, I saw that. There's some there's some cool looking designs here. I mean, we're getting the old orange Anaheim ducks. You're getting powder Hell blue yeah. Montreal. Robo I penguin. like the Panthers
1: line. I thought that that pastel blue is really sweet. Can is you it the,
2: is it the palm tree? I can share my screen if we want to do that. The only good one looking to me is Bordas. Kings looks
1: good, too.
0: Yeah, I like the Kings. I like, I think Calgary's is going to turn out kind of cool. And if I'm looking at this correctly, do the Islanders have the old fisherman logo? Oh, wait.
2: Yeah. And the sharks are going to do teal seals. (laughs) So the teal seals is fucking trash. Oh, you, you don't
1: like the teal seals?
2: Go I, off, I, I King! I don't like the teal seals. It looks like a shitty arrow. Um, I don't Thomas like the old McCall- Thomas getting one. Vietnam
0: caps. flashbacks of me just <laughs> crushing him and Chell in college, pretty playing much. as the teal
2: seals, <laughs> Fuck going up well. like thirty-one to two. <laughs> it wasn't that bad.
1: I love that.
2: I will admit I lost, <laughs> but it wasn't thirty-one to two. It was. It, I remember some pretty brutal losses. There were some. Br- there were some brutal ones. I'll admit.
1: Wait. Why are we talking about it? Because we're not on there. The thing about the
0: reverse retro thing is everything leaked, but the Detroit design. Right. Um, I don't know what it's going to be. If I, I, looks... I like, legitimately have no clue what it could be.
1: I hope it's like our 50s logo. That's my favorite
0: one. The fat tire?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love the fat tire.
0: <laughs> or like the barber pole jerseys. I like those.
1: It's, it kind of does give me like a little candy cane
2: vibe. <laughs> yeah, it, it,
1: does. it does. I'm sorry. We can do better.
2: Um, it's okay. it's a hard jersey to pull off. If it they is can somehow it figure is. it out. Good on them. I'll buy it, but like, it's such a hard. Red. Jersey I'm gonna buy to it no pull. matter what. Yeah. I, well, I'm, yeah. as long as it doesn't <laughs> look like that shitty like gray one. I'm gonna still buy year, it.
1: I'm gonna still <laughs> buy it. I don't get oh, yeah. it. energy. Well, that's um, what we're here for,
0: boys. So now we can transition pretty normally and definitely <laughs> regularly, and not, cha- and not just abrupt <laughs> <laughs> into. The music that was
1: rude i'm sorry I'm around
0: sorry. the detroit sports world this is my favorite segment cat team bad tigers. what is that oh tigers, tigers are, are bad they're yeah they're that's still not news.
1: you said news
0: oh okay yeah, i'm going that's to not i'm exactly going to a new. football game and i bought my first football jersey so <laughs> Ooh, let's talk about me yeah, okay a minute. Wait, <laughs> let's <laughs> talk about
1: okay jakey yeah. who's
0: jersey who's on the jersey? Was, i got st brown's jersey I because love i think he has a cool name and, I would have bought Rodrigo's jersey if I had lost him. Oh, watched, my uh, God. He can I mean, it right Amorado. into my mouth.
1: <laughs> 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 my bad. Um, going back to St. Brown, though. <laughs> inside Is it an inside thought? Because I did tweet it a few weeks ago. And then I was watching Hard Knocks with my dad last week, and he came on the screen. He's like, what do you think about him? And I was like, mm. he was like he's going to be a promising player for the Detroit Lions.
0: Not the only and, thing he could be promising for. rodrigo if you're listening to this rodrigo uh, if you're listening jump the uh join the maddie bachelorette thing i would shit my pants the link is in our twitter bio at 313 hockey uh you'll see it when you get. No, there's no
1: contest if he enters i'm sorry to everyone so the 300 other men who entered
0: the 312 other men rodrigo if you enter you'll be the 313th one which automatically makes you a winner
1: wow anyway yeah the tigers i honestly and i don't do this lightly i stopped watching them so whoa. I know I thought I whoa. couldn't watch I couldn't watch them anymore. I still have tickets for like one of the last games of the season. It's like Michigan night and I'm getting like a Tigers like maize and blue hat. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah. So I still have tickets for that. But other than that, even like they've been on and I've just not put them on, which is weird because I usually will have them on or on the radio no matter like what. what to me i've given know. up on them
0: this is harsh but like i go to baseball games and i always have a great time because yeah. they always remind yeah. me of like hanging out with my parents when i was a kid and like you know going and doing things but like mm-hmm. like once it gets to this point in the season my eyes kind of glaze over
1: yeah i mean if we were good if we and were I, good it'd be something else but yeah, yeah like yeah. i
0: want to go to a game one if they're good or two if i can get drunk for cheat. And I can't get drunk. You can't for not either because no. it's like a fifteen dollars beer. The beer costs more than the Twelve. tickets.
1: It does. Yeah, you can just pregame in my place. But that's true. That being said, I will still be at the season opener next season, but I'm not going to be happy about it.
0: <laughs> I want to go to a Lions game this season.
1: I have so. ticket. I have an extra ticket now to the home opener. If you want to come on September 11th.
0: Wow. We celebrate 9/11
1: yikes anyway
0: all right so with that being said I think it's time to introduce everybody to our guest don't you agree
1: this week we have a very special guest joining us we have Ken Cal from the Detroit Red Wings our play-by-play announcer that I think everybody listening knows Ken how's it going today
3: everything's going well today and uh, I was just talking to you guys before um, before the schedule is going to pick up a little bit after Labor Day so kind of enjoying the last Weeks of summer here, but uh, I'm actually excited about getting going. I think it's going to be a good year.
0: You heading up to the prospect journey?
3: Yeah, prospects tournament. Uh, we're leaving on the 14th, and then uh, after that, it's training camp, the preseason, and then starting the regular season. So yeah, it'll be pretty busy.
0: No kidding. Yeah, we're all well, excited. <laughs> well, we'll try to take it a little easy on you here, so that you can save all the <laughs> we can save all the heat for later. I'll start off with a fun question. Well, it's more of a more of a tell us a story. So. You've been in the business for, what, 30-something years now? Quite a while, right? Right,
3: right. If you count um, the college years, yep. It's, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like 30, 38 years, going on 40, something like that. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. You've got you know, decades under your belt.
0: <laughs> so could you tell us a fun fact or a story about like somebody in the front office or like a player that maybe most people don't know?
3: Well, uh, you know, obviously there are so many great players that have played for the Red Wings. And one of the stories I can remember is uh, Igor Larionov, And obviously he was part of the Russian Five. And there was a story that I was told one time. And, and I believe it because I know the kind of guy that Igor Laryanov is. But he had such great vision on the ice. And, um, you know, he's one of the leaders out there when the Russian Five were on the ice. But there was one particular game where his vision was so good that he had control of the puck and the other team that we were playing had too many men on the ice and uh, Igor had possession of the puck he actually skated over to the linesman while he still had the puck and other players were chasing him and he told the linesman he goes hey the other team has too many men on the ice and then he passed the puck away and then he got the puck back and he he skated back over to the linesman again and said no really count them he goes they have too many men on the ice And sure enough, uh, they counted too many men on the ice and uh, the Red Wings got a power play. But that's just, you know, the the sport is so fast. And for someone to have vision like that is just amazing. So that's one of the stories. There's so many of them, but that's one that really, um, I I just, uh, I have a hard time believing, but it's true.
1: I have a follow-up question to that one. And just talking about things from back in the day, you know, watching hockey and today, if something like that were to happen, they just roll back the tape and they check how many men were on the ice. So as you've been in the game for so long, are there any other things like having the cameras that have changed how you do your job, just with technology coming and developing?
3: Well, that's a good question. And before I answer that question, I can uh, remember Gordy Howe playing. I saw him play in the last part of his career. And back then, they only had one referee. Now they have two, so they have an extra set of eyes out there. And with all the cameras and everything that they have now, I'm not so sure Gordy would get away with all the stuff he got <laughs> away with back in the day. Uh, yeah, you had to always keep your eye out for Gordy whenever he was on the ice. At least that's what I was told. But you know, I think technology is good now. I, I like some of the rule changes that they have and. And um, I I just think that you just look back at COVID a couple of years ago when we had to, we didn't travel with the team and we broadcast the away games at the Joe off a television screen. And that was strange. And I remember when they told us that's how we were going to call a game. And to be honest with you, as a play-by-play guy, you never look at the television monitor except for when there's a replay or if there's a penalty and you want to see something happen or, you know, when you go into a break or something like that, but you're always calling the action on the ice. So when they told us we were going to be in a room and we were going to be looking at a television monitor, calling the game and you're at the mercy of the TV camera. I was, uh, I was shaking my head. I'm saying, I don't know how we're going to be able to do this, but you know, like the, the camera angles were good. And there was only one time where we had a little bit of an issue. And that was when, We came back from a period and the TV froze and we just kept talking for, you know, like three or four minutes. And then when they came back, there was a goal that was scored and and we had to describe it. But again, that's just the way it is. But technology is great today. It's a lot better than what it was before. And that's just an example of what we had to go through during the COVID situation.
0: You've got to think on your feet a lot with your job, don't you? You know, you're just constantly keeping an eye on everything going on at once, huh?
3: Well, it's good because when you're at the game and and when you're a play-by-play guy and when Paul Woods, my partner is talking, I can actually see if there's a line change. I can actually see who's coming out onto the ice, not only for the Red Wings but for the other team too. Problem we had with the COVID situation when you're calling off a television monitor, you're only seeing what the camera sees. And so, again, fans don't realize that, but a lot of times when Paul's talking, I'm looking at other things, you know, if the play isn't around the net. I'm actually looking behind the play, seeing what's happening. And you could take a look at the bench, see what the coach is reacting to or something like that. And, you know, that always helps you out as well. I have a question related to like,
0: if for fans trying to think like a play by play guy, what would you recommend they do, you know, to think like you would?
3: Well, as a play by play guy, you're always trained to follow the puck. And uh, I, I guess I would tell people don't be a play-by-play guy watching the game. Just enjoy the whole game when you're watching it because as a play-by-play broadcaster, whoever has the puck, wherever the puck's going, that's where your eyes are for the most part. And like I said, if if Paul's talking, then I can kind of wander a little bit and look at other things. But to be honest with you, you know, I think you get more enjoyment. I miss so much. I mean, I really, honestly, like Paul would see a bunch of stuff that I don't see because I'm so focused on the puck. And if something happens behind the play, he sees that but i don't and so you know you're kind of focused in on on wherever the puck goes as a play-by-play guy at least that's how i was trained all
2: right tom you're up okay sorry i was uh getting in from the office super late and sat down right as uh everyone
3: well then did you catch um, your breath yet a little <laughs> bit well all tom gonna... you're gonna get a penalty for delay a game then <laughs> not the
2: first won't be the last (laughs) there you go so ken i was wondering what's the strangest thing that you've had happen in the broadcast booth and the show still continue to go on without skipping a beat
3: oh so many things (laughs) really i mean it's hard to describe because uh, what the fans don't know sometimes probably surprises them i remember one time i was sick in buffalo this was right before christmas and uh, before every commercial break, I was running to the bathroom and, uh, you know, I upchuck a little bit there. And then I had to come back and and uh, and then start the game where we're going. And I, I remember I was sick as a dog. But as they say in the business, the show must go on. Right. So there's one thing there that and no one could tell. No one could tell. You know, that's that's what you have to do. And, and you know, the other thing, too, is it's such a long season that a lot of people ask me. They say, what's what's the hardest thing about your job? And to me, it's staying healthy. And when you're traveling and players are getting sick and you're on the plane and you're going to catch a cold and, you know, like sometimes I've missed games because my voice is gone. It's inevitable over the course of a long season, you're going to get sick and you're not going to feel good. And the hardest part is making sure that you're ready to go, even though you might not feel 100 percent. It's not a job where you can call in sick, you know, and say like, oh, I'm not feeling good today. Although things have changed now, if you're sick and there's COVID and you test positive, obviously you can't do the games. But, but really, it's 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 trying to make sure that you're healthy and and ready to go each and every game. And there's other situations, there's other things, Tom, that, that that happened. I remember one time we called a game at the Joe, and uh, it was I think it was against San Jose, and the pipe broke in front of us, and it, we had water from the sweeps, water pouring down in front of our broadcast booth and you know you can't see it on radio but it was like doing a game in the rain and we were calling the game and and it was a whole period before they actually fixed it and they were moving people out of the section so things like that happen that people aren't aware of but but they are strange things that happen yep oh, oh and I could, hey, just real quick one time I remember we were out in San Jose too and you know they're uh sharky sj sharky their their mascot i remember one game was it was um it was uh they the he was going to make his grand entrance by coming down a rope and and land right in front of the red wing goaltender you know and kind of fire up the crowd well he was about 15 feet from the ice and he got stuck and uh and uh he's hanging by this rope and and obviously he got all tangled up and the game is delayed, and Scotty Bowman was throwing a fit on the bench because uh, the, the game was delayed, and and it took, like, 20 minutes for them to finally crank this guy up to the rafters. And It was like a Three Stooges movie where they kept pulling the string, and he kept hitting his head on the on the rafters before they could get him up and get him out of there. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of <laughs> things happen.
1: I'm glad that happened to the Sharks.
3: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: That is good. So like when you said you were playing like a lot of games or you've done some games like sick before. So I guess that makes you and Michael Jordan kind of like, you know, kindred <laughs> bonds because he had the flu game. So that was your yeah. flu game, right?
3: Oh, there, there's so many times. It's hard. Like when you're when you're a play by play guy in hockey, you're talking all the time and your voice starts going. It, it's not the best situation out there. And, you know, I feel sorry for the listeners I have to put up with someone whose uh, voice isn't 100 uh, <laughs> percent. And usually for me it takes a week to to clear up. I remember Bruce Martin used to do some games and he'd sound horrible and then the next game he sounded great and still trying to figure out how to remedy myself like that but you know those that's that's what happens. And again it's it's not like any other job where you can call in sick and let somebody else come in and do it. You just have to find a way to to get the job done. It's kind of like playing hurt if you're a player.
2: Tom, didn't you have a, you have something written here about Bruce Martin? Oh uh, yeah, actually sure. Um, I was wondering, Ken, what was it like to fill in the shoes of Bruce Martin coming in from U of M and doing play-by-play there to doing play-by-play with Detroit?
3: Well, Tom, trust me, I knew the situation I was coming into. And we all remember the Riz and Rathbun situation when Ernie Harwell was fired. The difference here is, is Bruce retired. He, he wasn't fired. He wasn't let go. And, you know, that's a little bit of a different situation. I think what helped me out, too, is the team was really good. My first game, they first season, they won sixty-two games. So obviously, they were winning a lot. If they weren't winning, I'm sure they the fans would be all over the broadcaster. You know, this guy's terrible. Why do you bring him in or something like that? But <laughs> you know, he was uh, you know he was a role model for me. I listened to Bruce Martin, and to me, he was one of the greatest hockey announcers. Uh, I still think he is that the Red Wings ever had. He he was so good at what he did and calling games. It was honored to bring him back in 1997. He got to call the cup winning goal scored by Darren McCarty. And just to be able to work with him, it's kind of like Dan Dickerson working with um, Ernie Harwell there a few times. And yep. me, to be able to work with him and to be able to work with Bud Bud Lynch, you know, when he was the play-by-play guy. These are guys that I listened to growing up as a kid and be able to work with them even just for one game with Bruce was uh, really exciting for me. And I'll always remember it, never forget. Yeah
2: imagine that first day, you probably had
3: to feel a lot of pressure on you going into that game. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, obviously, too, you're prepared. Like, I spent 11 seasons at the University of Michigan, and I was ready. I was ready to make the move up. And, you know, maybe if I was two or three years in at Michigan and an opportunity came in, maybe I wouldn't be ready. But uh, I really worked hard at, at honing my skills to be ready. When the opportunity came, so yes, I was nervous. I'm not going to lie to you and say I wasn't. I remember my first game in Denver. It was against the Avalanche, and that's when they first came into the league. And wouldn't you know it, that was the team that beat the Red Wings out in the playoffs. And I, I remember being nervous a little bit, but once the game started, it was just like calling a regular game. So you know, it was it was just exciting. You know, to be able just to broadcast one Red Wing game. I'm from Michigan. I'm from Detroit, and they're my great. They're my favorite team, obviously. Right? I mean, they're my hometown team, and. Yep. Let's face it, as a broadcaster, a lot of guys don't get that opportunity to be able to call games for their hometown team. They have to go somewhere else and, and have a career somewhere else. But uh, I was fortunate enough not only to be at Michigan, and I'm a Michigan fan, and and uh, I like Michigan State, too. But, uh, you know, I was always a Michigan fan. Be able to work there under Red Berenson and then come here and be a, the announcer for the Red Wings. It's been a great, great uh, career so far, and I'm looking forward for good things ahead as well.
0: Actually, that brings up a really interesting question that I have as both a fan of the team and also play by play guy. Do you find it hard to separate your fandom from like the game itself? Or do you think that it's something that that you've gotten better with as time goes on?
3: No, you know what? I'm, I'm a fan and I want them to win just like everybody else. But you have to be a professional, too. And you just have to call the game. My job is to call a game and, and uh, not really editorialize. I leave that up to Paul Woods, you know, <laughs> but he can do whatever he wants as far as how he wants to, you know, critique the team. But sure, like there are some games where, you know, if, if, if it's a tough loss or you lose in the playoffs, you know, obviously after the game, when you're not on the air, you're a little bit upset. But while you're doing your job and you're broadcasting, you just have to be professional and, and call it as you see it and move on.
1: So this question stems from actually when we were emailing about setting this up, but we noticed as you were emailing that Ken Cal is actually a shortened version of your actual name. Is it okay if we talk about yeah, that? That's All fine. right. So I was like shocked My, when we got the email and it said Kenneth Kalchinsky. So I wanted to know how did you get, you know, this brand of now Ken Cal and how come you don't go by Kenneth Kalchinsky?
3: Well, that's a good question. It all starts back from my DJ days. And I went what? to Wayne State University. You DJed? I, I was a DJ before I became a hockey announcer. Graduated in 79 from Wayne State with a broadcasting degree. But while I was at Wayne State, I did a—I was a DJ and I did a top 40 type radio station.
0: No uh, that's or, you so
3: know, cool. a program. And so um, they, uh, the, the, one of the progr- or program directors there said, you know, if you're doing top 40 radio, you might have to cut your name uh, or use a different name or shorten your name, you know. So I'm starting to think like, OK, maybe I changed my name to Ken Smith, Ken Henderson. <laughs> I'm thinking of all these names. Right. And and in the radio business, let me tell you something. In the radio business, sometimes like if you go to work at a country radio station. This is how it was back in the day. They might they might look at like like a country artist, you know, and and you take your last name as a country artist though so you'd say like right ken presley or something like that I don't know, you wouldn't do that like <laughs> you know and and that's how it works but you know but but uh i said you know what ken cal is good it's short it's sweet it's to the point a lot yeah. of my friends called me cal anyway growing up they never called my last name Kalzinski. but so i said yeah i'll go with that you know so it's stuck and uh that's what i used ever since uh you know i got then i went to ann arbor and i worked out at a station waam i did uh Uh, middle of the road format. I, I, my name was Ken Cal. Although I do have one quick story. I remember I filled in for uh, our midnight guy one time, just one time, and uh, the program director says, You got to change your name for this one show because, because we don't want them to know you're Ken Cal. I'm like, They're gonna know my voice, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right. So I said, Okay. So, so they always, they always say that the midnight shift is called the graveyard shift, right? Right. And me loving Halloween as much as I love Halloween, I Decided to change my name to Doug Deep. So, for, <laughs> that, for that six hour show from 12 to 6 a.m., my name was Doug Deep on the graveyard shift. <laughs> oh
1: my God. That's a great name. That's so, so, cool. so if I ever see you in Detroit in the wild, can I just call you DJ KK? Hey,
0: I was going to call him Doug Deep. Doug Deep, yeah. <laughs> Doug Deep is
3: good too. Yeah. But
1: DJ KK is one I i am personally
3: giving to him now. Oh, well, that's so. good. That's fine. I can respond to that. <laughs> okay, cool. I love that. And um, it just, it just real quick, to, just to follow yeah. up. Uh, I actually got into hockey broadcasting by accident. I mean, I've always wanted to be the Red Wing announcer. When I was 10 years old, I'd play hockey in my backyard or, you know, roller skate up and down the driveway. And I'd say, I'd start doing play by play. I'd be, you know, how did Alvecchio at Allman scores? You know, <laughs> and, and I told my dad, I said, he bought me a tape recorder and I would tape the games off the radio and television. And then I would uh, do it myself. And I always told I said, Dad, one day I want to be the Red Wing Pouncer. Now, as you go in life, you, you don't know what's going to happen, where you're going to be. But it's funny. I, I landed the Michigan job by accident. I was the only guy at the radio station that knew anything about hockey. And they gave me the opportunity to do it. I was really raw and I made a lot of mistakes and I couldn't identify players. But they had enough faith in me to continue to do it. I got better, worked at it. And here I am today. Wow.
1: So inspiring. Yeah, that's great. What
3: did your
0: dad think when you when you became the Red Wing announcer?
3: Oh, he was thrilled. He uh, you know, he he, he always wanted I, I have two other brothers and uh, a twin sister and an older sister. And he always wanted, wanted one of my brothers to be a professional ball player because he liked baseball and he taught those two, like he he worked them with you know, like crazy and he wanted them to make it, and obviously they didn't. And so I think he just gave up on me when it was my turn. So I wasn't a professional <laughs> ball player, but I, I guess I did make it to the big leagues as an announcer.
0: Hey, it's never too late.
3: Tigers could always use more bats. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we need
1: you, Ken. Please join uh, the Tigers.
3: At least it's the GM. I don't care if you're swinging a bat. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's not my job. I, I just call <laughs> the games. There's no pressure on you. We can just call James. That's uh, true.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Ken, I have a question about the locker room. I read a book recently where it's talking about Scotty Bowman and how he would like mess with players from time to time or like find ways to get in their heads. And I heard that a lot of hockey players like to like to pull pranks. Have you heard any of any pranks? And if so, what are your all time favorites?
3: Oh, yeah, they pranked me all the time when I was when I was uh, starting out. Oh, yeah, I was. A rookie oh, yeah. Podcast. Oh, yeah. They, uh, I was I was the, the brunt of many uh, jokes uh, with the Red Wings when I first started as my rookie initiation, so to speak. And I remember one time we were uh we were flying out west and they said don't fall asleep. And sure enough, I fell asleep and they tied my shoelaces to the chair, you know, and on the plane, and then they told me to get up and get some water and I'd trip and fall, you know. So, so then then I wore loafers. I didn't I didn't wear any shoelaces after that. Or they Hermes. you know, you fall asleep, they put shaving cream on your hand, they tickle your nose, and then you
1: all the classics. <laughs> and
3: Mark have then put a he put paraffin wax on a donut one time and told me it was a glazed donut. And he gave it to me. And uh, sure enough, it was like a wax donut. Oh, that one I heard about. Yeah. Yeah. But the the best jokes, the best jokes though, are players will come in, they'll say they'll buy a brand new pair of really expensive shoes. And then, uh, you know, they're talking about how, how much, how great their shoes are and stuff. And then when they come back off the ice from practice, they're nailed to the ceiling, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, or, or, players that buy expensive clothes, like a, a sport coat. And then, uh, you know, what they'll do is they'll sew the arms shut, you know, with threads. So things like that happen. It's just, you know, it's all in good fun. And, and uh, I don't know how much they do now. Things have changed, but back in the day, it was a little bit different.
1: Just guys being dudes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're really big
3: in <laughs> team, pranks team too. Bonding. <laughs>
1: okay. Team bonding, just guys being dudes. Love that.
0: We're, we're really big into pranks on this podcast. Yeah. So you're giving us ample ideas on how we're going to mess with people on opening night.
3: Um, don't don't take my advice here I mean don't don't share my stories there
0: DJ Doug Deep approved
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right I just had one more question and actually this is how I knew about your donut story I listened to your bit with Carly and you talked about how you actually were in the medical field and then you transitioned into becoming a broadcaster so like just just thinking about that how did that happen where you were in this other profession and then did something happen and you just wanted to follow your dreams or what what went down so that you were able to go and now work in hockey
3: well maddie i guess it it goes to the doug deep story too <laughs> uh when i was when i was young and i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do and i wanted to go into college i didn't really know what i wanted to do or what i wanted to be at that particular point point. and i had a friend of mine who was an undertaker and uh, his dad was the undertaker. He said, listen, if you go, go to uh, mortuary science school, says you can be an apprentice at my funeral home, and then you'll have a job when you get out. So I'm thinking like, hey, great. It was a three-year program, a little bit of apprenticeship, and at least I have a job coming out of college, right? So that, right. Was, my, that was my original thought that that, that was why I was going to go to college. Well, my freshman year, I actually walked by the radio station. I've always loved radio and I said, you know, I'm going to check this thing out. It seems like I'm not I'm not a member of a fraternity or anything like that. And, you know, maybe this would be something like fun while I go to school. And maybe if I could get on the air, it'd be a lot of fun. Well, I enjoyed it so much that I changed my major when it was time to change a major. And I went into radio broadcasting. But when I got my degree, uh, I was working weekends in Ann Arbor as a DJ and I needed something to pay the bills, So I got involved in in uh, medical sales. And uh, it was a home infusion company, we provided IV therapy for for patients coming out of the hospital. And at the time, it was a new thing where, you know, you had to convince the doctor to to have the patient come home, and we would provide the IV therapy and a nurse to teach him how to do it himself. And it was cheaper, and it would save, save money. And, uh, you know, we, and at the time, doctors were like, Oh, oh, that's my patient, he's got to stay in the hospital, but it was so it was getting so expensive. That, um, you know, this was kind of the new trend and this was what, 30 some years ago. So, you know, again, as as far as you, Maddie, just, you know, follow where your heart goes, you know, and uh, it'll lead you in the right direction if you just let it go.
1: Do you want a younger play-by-play announcer? Are you, do you have a position open? Hey, hey, Tom is our radio guy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't say this to aspiring broadcasters, you know, I'm not going to do this forever. So there's going to come a time when you know, uh, someone else is going to have to take over. So, um, anybody who's out there, I'm not retiring anytime soon. So I just want to let that's you know good. That. <laughs> <But> <laughs> good, with that good. Said, down the road, that's going to happen. Eventually it happens to everybody and whether you're a, an athlete or whatever business you're in and, uh, you know, I'm not getting any younger. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that, uh, that this team can turn around and, we we can get going again and hopefully uh, win another Stanley Cup. I'd like to have one That's for right. the thumb. I've got four rings right now. One for the thumb would be good.
1: I'm very <laughs> jealous. That's amazing, and I hope that we also get one for the thumb. That's that'd be pretty cool.
3: That's be what cool. we
0: want. That would be awesome.
1: Can <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple
0: community questions that yeah. some of our listeners sent in? Who is your current favorite non Red Wing and your favorite Red Wing of all time?
3: Oh wow. I guess Gordie Howe would be my favorite Red Wing of all time. I, I wish I would have known him better. I got to know him a little bit later in life, you know, but he was great to watch. Even, at, even at, as he was winding down his career with Detroit, he was just an amazing talent out there. And, you know, tough as nails, could handle himself. If you crossed him the wrong way, look out. He was going to get you. He, he, could, he could shoot right or left-handed. And he was just an amazing talent out there. And uh, I wish I would have seen him in my prime, in his prime. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say he was my favorite player. I, I liked Marcel Dion too, when I was going to high school, he yeah. was my favorite Red Wing. And it was a situation that we're kind of in now where the team wasn't very good. We were looking for a superstar. He came in and he made uh, an immediate impact, kind of like Steve Eiserman when mm-hmm. he came in. Unfortunately, after four years, he left, went to Los Angeles and uh, was heartbroken because I really liked him. He was a terrific player, had a great career, scored over 700 goals. And as far as uh, what a player now or a player that I've seen uh, who would be my favorite. Yeah, obviously Nick Lindstrom was, you know, I mean, the guy was great. You, you could come up to him. He'd talk to you anytime. One, one Nick Lindstrom story I, when, he, when Sweden won the gold medal at the Olympics, right? Uh, right before the Olympics, we were on the road and they brought in his new gloves, his gold and blue gloves. And so he's trying them on and he throws them over to me at the morning skate. He says, Hey, Ken, he goes, "Uh, break these in for me. He says, (laughs) he goes, he says, wear them all day and break them in for me, you know? So I go back to the hotel room. I, I didn't know if he was joking or not, but here I am. I'm like, I'm like, putting them on and I'm walking around the room. I'm trying to do my notes, you know, with his gloves on. And you know what? I, I wish I would have taken a, a picture of it, but I didn't, you know, but That's I funny. wore those things all afternoon. They were sweaty and everything, you know, and uh, I gave it, I, I, I came down to the locker room before the game, you know, and I, I gave it to him and I said, Nick, I, said, I hope I broke them in good for you. I wore them all afternoon, <laughs> but eventually those were the gloves that he went on to win the uh the gold medal with and i was hoping that he would give me the gloves you know <laughs> saying like hey I brought the <laughs> for you," but he never did oh
1: my god nick ken Kell from- is a swedish gold medalist that's uh, what i've
0: gotten it, from yeah. that
1: story
3: <laughs> nicholas if you're
0: if, if you're listening to this episode nick uh ken wants his gloves <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I get an assist i guess on that. Yeah. yes yeah.
0: well it sounds like you got the magic touch you know like Breaking it, breaking some equipment and, and the magic comes to life.
3: Uh, I, I just hope they don't give me uh, you know, any other equipment because I don't want to break any of that in anymore. So. <laughs> so
0: I have a couple non-hockey fans that listen to this podcast that are friends, family, you know, you name it. Give us your sales pitch to a either a casual or non-hockey fan listener on why they should be a fan of the Detroit Red Wings.
3: Well, just be a fan in, of hockey in general. Mm-hmm. All, I, all I have to tell people is just go to a game live. If you go to a game live, you'll be hooked on the sport. If you try to watch it on television or try to listen to it on the radio, it's not going to work. But if you're a fan or if you're somebody that doesn't know anything about the game, grab a ticket, go with somebody that knows the game and go to a live event, live hockey game. And I guarantee you, 100%, once you're there and you see the crowd and how they react and the, the beauty of the sport, how fast it is, how exciting it is. Hopefully there'll be a couple of fights too. Uh, you'll be hooked on it. So that's my advice to a non-fan uh, or somebody that doesn't know anything about the game of hockey. And and I'm telling you, that's what hooked me. My first game I ever went to at the old Olympia, I was like, I go, man, I can't wait to come back again. It was just, uh, just an amazing event.
0: Well, Ken, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. But um, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We
3: can't yeah. end the show. We can't end the show right now. We got to talk a little bit about the team, right? Please, <laughs> yes. you're That's right. Fine by me. Let's talk. Talk, we talked a half hour about me. Let's talk about the team a little bit and how excited we all are, right? I mean, oh, uh, bring it. Oh yeah, know, it's been a great. It was a great summer. Uh, as I mentioned, it was busy. We signed uh, uh, some terrific free agents out there. We have a new coach in Derek Lalone. Uh, had a chance to meet him. Uh, and, uh, that. I think, uh, you know, I'm excited. He seems like a really nice guy. And, uh, I think that he has what it takes. He's been a winner everywhere he's gone. You know, the, the players that we picked up certainly are going to add a lot of depth to this team, like Dominic Kubalik, Andrew Kopp, Ben Sherrod, Oli Amada on the blue line. And, uh, you know, David Perron up front. I think Perron himself will make our power play better. I'm excited to see Verona have a, have a terrific season. I mean, he's, he only played a partial season last year, but he really lit it up. I, I can't wait to see him have a full season and see how many goals that he can score. I think uh, Mo Sider and Raymond were terrific last year. I expect them to get better. I think we have some depth right now uh, that we didn't have maybe in years gone by. And goaltending, it was a nice pickup to pick up Billy Huso. So, uh, I mean, we're really excited now. With that, with that, and with that said, I, I want to remind fans that yeah, I think we got better, but I think a lot of teams in our division got better too. So, True. uh, you know, like I'm crossing my fingers and hopefully that we get a break and that we're better defensively and that we mm-hmm. can score some goals and, and, uh, maybe, you know, maybe knock on the door for a playoff spot. That certainly would be exciting for the fans. But with that said, I think we're heading in the right direction and, uh, I'm excited about Edmondson. I hope that, that, you know, they're going to give him every opportunity to make the team. I like Berggren. I like, uh, Soder Blom he's a big six foot seven forward you don't see many massive forwards so and then Albert Johansson back on the blue line we got McIsaac who's been in the minors for a while so things are really looking good we've got some really good prospects and Grand Rapids will see these players before we do so they're in for a real treat because I think the guys that we've drafted over the the last several years under Steve Eiserman are going to be really good Red Wings one day So we
0: have a um, series called, well, an idea I have called bounce back or breakout. Basically what we do is we're going to pick a player that we think is most poised to bounce back after a tough season and then the one most likely to break out. So with that being said, who are your bounce back and breakout candidates?
3: You know, a guy that a guy that's been he's not even going to start the year is Robbie Fabry. And uh, the problem with Robbie is he always seems like he's injured, you know, and Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to miss a month or two months of the of the regular season. But I, I would say that he would be my bounce back player. I'm hoping that he comes back 100% and he can get in there and, and uh, really be a part of the second or third line, sometimes on the first line. So he would be my uh, bounce back player. And what was the other one? Who was the other player?
0: Uh, the breakout. So who do you think is going to have a big breakout season?
3: Big breakout season. I'm going to say Jacob Verona. I think yes. Verona is going to be he, he's extremely talented. I I think, I think he needs to learn how to play on better on the defensive side of the puck. Mm -hmm. But with that said, he is an exciting player out there. He's the kind of guy that uh, can make things happen. He's got really good speed. He can, we've seen him score on breakaways. So I think he's a guy that if everything goes right for him, I think he, he has the potential to score 35, 40 goals.
1: At least I'm really excited to see him play a full season too.
3: And of course, I'm looking forward to the young guys or the other guys that we got, like David Perron. All he's right. a premier player. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. I mean, especially on the power play. So, And then Ben Sherrod on the blue line. He's a big, solid defenseman. That's what we need. We need a couple of shutdown guys back there. So hope, hopefully Mata and Sherrod will be healthy and they can really uh, shut the door on some of these teams out there.
1: And in more recent news, we just saw Zadina is finally signed to a three-year contract today. What are your thoughts on on Zadina and his season?
3: Well, you know what, I, I i was a little bit surprised. I thought he would be, his numbers would be better than what they have been. Right. With that said, I think each and every year he's improving a little, a little at a time. Um, I, I guess I was expecting too much from him when he first mm-hmm. came in. And obviously three, four years ago, the team needed somebody that could probably lead the offense and mm-hmm. it, it, to put that much pressure on a young player like that isn't really fair. So he needed time to develop. But I think overall, he's, he's getting a little better. You know, he's, he's moving, you know, moving in the right direction, moving north. And again, I just think that he's got a terrific shot. He just has to move around a little more and, and not stay in one spot and shoot the puck. So maybe the coaching staff will work with him a little bit on, you know, just moving a little bit. He's got such a great shot that he doesn't need, he doesn't need to move much to fool a goaltender. So, you know, maybe that's something that we can look forward to this season from Zadina.
1: So I was hoping that you were going to say this is going to be his breakout season because I'm a bit more harsh on my Zadina takes, but we'll see.
3: But you know what, Maddie, if he does have a breakout season and he has a career year, that's only going to be a bonus for the Red Wings this year. Of because course. I, think, I think they've got players right now that uh, will really be very good offensive players.
2: So going into the season, Ken, what do you see as the Red Wings' biggest strength?
3: I think depth more than anything else. I I think finally for a change, they've got some players that can score goals. And uh, you know, if you look, if they stay healthy, they play like they did last year, plus with the new guys coming in, you know, Raymond's gonna be a solid player. You know, he Mm -hmm. you can pencil him in for probably 17 to 20 plus goals, if not more. Larkin's gonna be Dylan Larkin. He's gonna be steady and sound. Bertuzzi, uh, I think, you know, he's proven over the years that he can put the puck in the net and he can be a good solid Two-way player, you know, and then the new guys. Like I said, David Perron will be solid up front for Rana. I think Dominic Kubalie could be a dark horse. He's he's not a guy that's gonna like you know be Mr. Fancy Pants out there. He's not gonna put moves on people, but he's a big, tall winger, and you know his job is to get open. And if they can get a center iceman like Andrew Kopp, let's say to to get him the puck, he can put the puck in the net with the best of them. So I'm just excited that I think I just think I just think they're they're more more of an offensive threat. And that's something that they haven't been able to do. The key, though, to me is they have to be better defensively. In this league, you can't give up 312 goals expect to make the playoffs. So, you know that number's got to come down dramatically. And I think if they if they play well defensively as a team, and their defensemen are a little bit more solid this year, and and uh, Mo Sider continues to move up the ranks, and the goalkeepers Nedeljkovic and Huso stay healthy, and and can uh, do the job and goal, then those numbers will go down and they can win some more games.
1: You would have told me at the end of last season that you would have now been saying that our biggest strength is depth. I would have laughed right in your face, but I'm really happy and excited about the season and agree. We have gained so much depth in the off season. So we're all super excited to see how that plays out.
3: Well, well. Danny, Maddie, you're right. I mean, we didn't have depth in the past, you know, and that was one of the things with if, if Raymond or Bertuzzi or Larkin went down with injury, who was going right. to come in and, and, and help out. And, and the key too is, is I've always said this, your top line isn't going to carry you the whole season. There's going to be times when your second, third and fourth line need to help out and chip in offensively. And we just didn't have the talent and, and the players to do that. But now you look down our lineup. I mean, Jeez, look at our second line. Maybe I don't know if this is going to be our second line, but I was just going through. You know, you got Larkin, Raymond, and Bertuzzi. That's your top line. Then maybe you have cop Verano, and Perron as your second. Fabry, when he comes back with Pugh, Suter, and Dominic Kubalik, Rasmussen moves down to the fourth line, and then you've got other guys that you can pencil in as being your fourth line players. And then you look in the minors. If if somebody goes down with injury, or Zadina, you I forgot about him, Andy. Sorry, but you put Zadina up there too. But if you look at the young talent we've got, you know, is Edmondson good enough to make it? What about Berggren, uh, Johansson, Soderblom? I mean, these are all guys now that can come right in and, and you know, be a, be a solid force out there, too. So the depth is coming. The young players are there. And, and I just think that that's a positive right now for this Red Wing team. And we're only going to get better in that department.
0: Who's a team that's been rebuilding around the same time that the Wings have that we should keep an eye out as potential rivals down the road? Because the one I've got my eye on right now are the Ottawa Senators.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would say that too, especially when they got the brinket right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and goal, tanning, goal tanning might be a little suspect for them still, but obviously they've gotten better. I think Buffalo's gotten better too. They're not going to, they're not going to blow teams out, but you know, they're going to be pretty solid. I think the Islanders will be pretty good too. They made, they made a coaching change, but last year I throw out their record because they've they played their first 15 or 16 games on the road and, you know, they fell, they fell into a hole right there because their arena wasn't ready. So, you know, I think they're going to be good too. And Montreal will be a little bit, a little bit better. I think they'll struggle some nights, but obviously they've got the goaltender and carry price that can take you a long way.
0: Well, he might be done for, he might, his career might be over. I think he's out this season.
3: He is out this season, right? Yeah. yeah. I did. You know what? I didn't read that. So see, that's news to me. You broke news. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow! I broke news to Ken Cal. That's right. <laughs> what a day!
3: What's up, what's what's up with him? What's uh, what's the story with Kerry Price?
0: So I think he got surgery this off season. I'd have to double check, but I know
3: back. That's what I thought, but
0: no. Yeah, he. I think he's planning on spending the season out because, yeah, he had a knee injury, so he's just he's going to be out the entire year, and he's wondering about like his long term future. Oh, okay. So it looks like they might be in trouble in the goal in the, in the net too. I mean, what do they have? Jake Allen
3: and yeah, question they, mark. <laughs> question mark, right. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Hey, I can that's see, great. But then that means that, we don't have to worry about carrying Price. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I could
0: see the Anaheim Ducks being a good rival down the road too. I mean, what with with how they built their team, they structured their team fairly similar to us.
1: We already had Moe against uh, Seagrass as our mm-hmm. own little mini rivalry. <laughs>
3: Well, it's a good thing we only play them
0: twice, so, uh, you know, but, right. but Pat Verbeek used to be the AGM for the Wings, and now he's GM in the, yeah. the Ducks.
1: I don't I, know if we can have a team that we only play twice as a rival. I think yeah. it's yeah. more frequent. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs>
3: that's but wait, there's, some great, there's some great teams in our division. That's the problem that we're going to have right. is, you know, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Florida. I don't think they're going anywhere. Tampa might dip, start dipping a little bit, but they're still a solid team. I, th- I think, even you know, Boston. Some of the, yeah, Boston, you know, they might struggle early on because I think Marshawn's not there, right? He's going to, he had right. hip surgery or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. hopefully maybe they dip a little bit and maybe the Red Wings can move up. But, but yeah, even on the other division, the metropolitan division, there's some great team. Like the Rangers are good. The, the hurricanes are good. Pittsburgh's still going to be good. The Islanders, I mentioned them, you know, Philly, Philly, Philly's Philly, but I think with their new head coach, I think they'll improve a little bit. They'll be tough and hard to play against under Columbus Tortoise. Columbus so. got Goudreau. I mean, yeah. there's,
0: I was saying a couple episodes ago that there's like an arms race going on in the East. Like, yeah. there's just, they've just been adding star player after star player. I mean, Florida got Kachuk. Like, there's, there's just more and more coming in.
3: Yeah. What's going on with that? Like, it seems like every trade is all these top players are coming East, you know? We that need to <laughs> we need to go back to the western division i think
1: we do i was just thinking that in the central again yeah we can can hate the blackhawks harder than we do already
0: (laughs) (laughs) well awesome ken thank you so much for coming on this has been such a cool time i really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this
3: well jacob it's it's it was great i'm sorry i couldn't make it the last time but uh, i'm glad things worked out right now and uh, i'm glad we were able to hook up before the season because it's going to start getting busy and just one thing out there for Red Wing fans, you know, don't, don't look, don't be too positive. Don't be over-positive about this team (laughs) coming up, but but enjoy it because I think this is going to be a season that uh, is really going to get better as the year moves on. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully hopefully we can be uh, injury free and uh, let's see what this team can do. And I think it's going to be an exciting team and I think we're moving in the right direction. And um, I think, you know, several years from now, we're going to be a top-notch team and, the other thing I want to tell Red Wing fans is is watch these young players develop before your eyes, because I remember when Steve Eiserman came in. He was an 18 year old kid, had a chance to watch his entire career. Now I work for him. But, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, I mean, it's the same thing with most cider and Raymond and Edmondson and all these young guys I talked about is they're going to play a thousand games for the Detroit Red Wings. You're going to see him for a long time here. And yeah. They're going to be a part. The next time the Red Wings win a Stanley Cup, these guys are going to be a part of it. So just watch them grow in front of your eyes and enjoy every moment that you have with them. And only watch a star be born once, I suppose. That's
1: right. That's true. Not if you're a Red Wings fan.
2: Yeah, we can keep watching stars come in. (laughs) True. (laughs) True.
3: All right, cool. Thank you so much again, Ken. All right, we really appreciate it. Yeah. congratulations on the podcast and uh, hopefully you. we can do this again towards uh, the middle or the end of the season and
2: definitely yeah amazing. that would be fantastic like and that.
3: hopefully we can uh, you know do it again and we'll see where the progress is going absolutely right,
0: right okay so that was ken i mean what a great interview he was honestly one of the easiest people i've ever gotten to talk to on this <laughs>
1: My favorite part is when you were like, well, thanks, Ken. He's like, no. (laughs) He goes, well, hold on, hold on. He's like, we're not done. We still need to talk about the team.
0: I love it because like, like to me, that was like overtime hockey where it's like anything that comes in is just bonus. It's free hockey. It's free hockey. It's free real estate. Free real estate. Guy is like a fountain of wisdom. He is. So I'm really that excited so that we got to have him on. In the future, we are planning on getting a few more guests before the season starts, including the one and only Darren McCarty. We're still working out the details of that, but I can guarantee you that he will You're just going to blue ball everyone like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Dude, yep. Like what the So hell? <laughs> stay
0: tuned over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll, po- we'll be posting something with some questions. Please don't ask him about the fight night because I'm sure he's been asked that a billion times. And also you can listen to anything else where he's answered all those questions. If you are listening, and I sure hope you still are, the Bachelorette, Hockey Bachelorette is coming up very, very soon. September 8th at 8 p.m. We will be hosting an event where you can, you yourself can win a date with the Maddie of 313 Hockey. We're going to be announcing the finalists of the initial form that we were that we released this week. So there'll be probably five to seven of you receiving an email. Keep an eye out on your inbox to make sure that that you are one of the lucky winners. And if you haven't seen it on the Twitter page, we are actually going to be giving away a nice little puck on the day of the event. It's autographed by him, and it has a, I think it's called like a Fanatics like hologram. So if you want to win the Lucas Raymond puck, or if you want to win a date with Maddie, make sure to come by 313 Hockey's Bachelorette, September 8th at 8 p.m. We will be donating all of the proceeds raised to Detroit Ice Dreams, a nonprofit dedicated towards raising awareness and equipment for the inner city kids of Detroit and helping them truly make hockey for everyone.
1: May I add, though, they don't only work in Detroit. It's true. They actually, they're a Detroit-based nonprofit, but they're helping kids throughout the country.
0: Anyway, that I think is all we
1: have for today.
0: Do you guys have anything else you want to add?
1: i love you guys i love you too oh we're,
0: we're so happy i'm so happy that it's the three of us doing
1: this oh my god is this i hope this is not part of the at the end of the podcast <laughs> It
2: might be. <laughs> probably is.
3: <"Nor-nor-nor-nor-nor-nor-nor-nor."> <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay cool
0: well that's all we have for today Aww. we love you all listeners every single one of you we love you and we will see you next week